The views and opinions expressed on Unlock Your Wealth Radio are those of the host, guests, and callers only and are not necessarily the views of Unlock Your Wealth Radio, Heather Wagonalls, or Success Publishing International. More willpower than a barefoot woman at a shoe sale. Able to stretch a single paycheck for an entire month. Makes money concepts easier than third grade math. Introducing your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonall. Work all day, stress all night. Take your mind off your money and focus on your life. Money don't matter for the stuff it bought. It's the way you think, not what you got, yeah. Unlock Your Wealth Radio starts now. Get your money mind right here. I like your way better. Do that again. Get your money mind right. Oh my gosh. That was so good. <laughs> I love that rich bottom end, you know. I, I come from I like got a I was rich a bottom end, baby. <laughs> I got a flat bottom end, but that's something totally different. <laughs> I used to do uh car stereo stuff back in the day. So it oh, yeah. was all it was always about that base. Yeah. Back in the day. So I am your purveyor of prosperity, Heather Wagonhalls. And the man with the bassy voice is my maestro mm-hmm. of Moolah, my Michael Terry. Barry White. My Barry White. <laughs> my, my, my Michael White. <laughs> so the maestro of moolah is Michael Terry, and he is going to help me help you help me help you <laughs> get your money mind right. And we're going to do that with a incredible, with an incredible. I said a incredible. That was bad. A incredible. Bad grandma. With an incredible show for you today. We've got a moolah word of the day. We have an uncomfortable topic, but it's, you know, we, we got to talk about those uncomfortable topics. The big, the big D, right? Yeah, the big D. We're going to make dollars and cents out of divorce for you on today's episode. And we also have a really great key for this week. And this week's key kicks off our new free workshop Wednesday. Oh, cool. (laughs) Knowledge is power. Not knowing is powerful. (laughs) You almost didn't not know that back then. That's right. (laughs) Yes, this is a great key. So everybody says knowledge is power, but... In my book, knowledge is superfluous without application. Right. But in this case, our key this week, knowledge is power, not knowing is powerful. If you didn't catch our Unlock Your Wealth live show, be sure to visit the website at unlockyourwealthradio.com to visit our show page and see this week's show because we go into detail as best we can in the short time we have on Unlock Your Wealth Live. By the way, that airs Mondays at 9 a.m. Pacific and we do them through Facebook. So visit us on our Facebook show page, facebook.com forward slash unlock your wealth radio. And then make sure that you like the page and then turn on notifications. So you always know every time we do a new broadcast. And so this key sets us up for success two ways. One, we take a mental financial inventory of our knowledge. So it's a financial knowledge inventory. In addition to that, we learn the fundamentals of the keys to riches financial philosophy in our simple financial uh, strategy, which is our three, five financial strategy. So this is where we learn what are the three questions that we need to ask to create financial freedom and what are the five areas of concern we must address in order to achieve financial freedom. So they go hand in hand. Yeah. 
So we learned that on this week's key. Now, if you haven't had a chance to do that, no worries, because this is kicking off our new workshop starting in February, and that is going to be our 3-5 financial strategy in depth. So we're only going to run it for a few weeks, so if you want to get in on this free strategy, it's a one-hour intensive just on the 3-5 financial strategy. I'll also be able to answer questions, and you'll be able to ask all the questions to your heart's content, so you can master these three questions in five areas of concern. So we're going to limit it to that. You you know, I may answer a few questions that are connected to that, like deployment of this uh, strategy and, and that sort of thing. Um, but we're not going to be talking so much about the brain, only as it relates to how we manage our money within the context of these three questions and five areas of concern. But I really want you to check it out. So please visit the website at unlockyourwealth.com forward slash three five. And that's the words written out, T-H-R-E-E-F-I-V-E. So unlockyourwealth.com forward slash three five for this month's free workshop. I'm so excited for you guys. So moving right along, let's talk about uh, our moolah word of the day, shall we? So this, uh, it kind of sort of dovetails nicely about um, uh, understanding what can happen when you are a publicly traded company. So this is kind of playing off of the theme that we're going to talk about as we talk about entrepreneurship and this theme throughout our moolah words of the day. And today's moolah word of the day is preempt. Preempt. So what do you think when you hear the word preempt? I think of uh, a TV show. Not being shown that day. It's being preempted. Yeah, so something's happening before the show. Yeah. Okay, so that's a really great that's a really great uh, beginning to this. So when you we talk about preemptive when and we're talking in the financial sense, it's sense it's to stop something happening, like a TV show from airing, or stop someone else from doing something by taking action quickly before anyone else can. So, for example, if we are talking about uh, like a corporate takeover or, 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 you know, changing up the corporate structure or changing up the ownership of a company, for example, here's a really great example that they have for um, on InvestorWords.com, by the way, and they have staged a management buyout to preempt a takeover bid. So if somebody is looking to acquire a company, for example, like let's say, you know, um, I'm trying to think of a really good example. So, okay, so Google, I'll give you a great example. Mm -hmm. Google has this awesome app, Google Voice, that allows you, uh, or Google Dictate, that will allow you to speak your text and it transcribes it. And they did a pretty good job. But what they did to really make their algorithms work better is they bought the company that mastered that, you know, which is Nuance. And they, they're the ones that created Dragon, naturally speaking. Mm-hmm. And, and the couple that created Dragon really nailed that dictation and that transcription Very algorithm. Tough to do, I'm sure. It is, you know, and that's the one thing that upsets me about my new Samsung Note 8 is that, the, you know, Samsung came up with Bixby, like their version of it, and it completely sucks. Tell me about it. <laughs> you know, because. <laughs> <laughs> You're the unfortunate recipient of all of those discombobulated messages. Oh. I mean, Google Voice has been training with my voice for years, 
first off. And they have the nuance algorithm. Yeah. You know, but Samsung ain't got such good luck. Wow. So Samsung doesn't have a deal with Google. Uh, no. I mean, you can, like, use it, but it... it and it used to be the one that they used to pop up automatically. Yeah. It was the Google keyboard and the Google voice typing. Yeah. But now they've got this Bixby thing, and you can't shut it off unless you subscribe. And you know what a kook I am about privacy. So yeah. Yeah. it's it's a problem for me. Yeah. <laughs> so that's an example, you know, of, you know, Google taking over another company. So something that Nuance, although it was really great for them, but something that they could have done, for example, is their top management could have potentially bought out that company, bought out their shares before the takeover process started. You know, and it's one way too also to take a public company when we talk about management buyouts is when management purchases all of those outstanding shares. Mm-hmm. You know, so um, it's it's a defensive mechanism. It's a preemptive mechanism if you were trying to stop a takeover bid where, you know, that it's that, you know, too good to not, you know, to pass up kind of a thing. Um, but if you want to retain control, if you don't want to be swallowed by a bigger company. So, you know, I, I don't know how, what the particulars are of nuance or how it's run or anything like that. So I couldn't say, you know, how heavy a hand Google has in an influence in it. But that's the fear when people get taken over. They're afraid that they'll lose whatever made them unique because they're swallowed up and they become a hybrid of this larger company. And so that's one reason why management may buy out the company so they can retain creative control, you know, or financial control, whatever it is. And so uh, it's it's always interesting how it plays out. It's neither good or bad. It's just one tool in an yeah. investor's toolbox to make effective decisions with regarding uh, with regard to how your company runs. So, yeah, it's a nifty thing. I like the stock market. I like real estate better. But I mean, I, I grew up when I, my first investing that I cut my teeth on was the stock market. So I'm always kind of um, uh fascinated by business because yeah, you know it's fascinating stuff being the dagny taggart that i am i love industry and business and all of that stuff so yeah. but why don't we bring on our guest miguel yeah so this was curious when i found this out for better or worse january and february are some of the biggest months of the year for divorce couples who opted to stay united over the holidays are now calling it quits unfortunately many people wait until it's too late to get good money management advice during their divorce certified divorce financial analyst kathy dewitt dunn can talk about how to avoid some of those most common money mistakes during a divorce and how to ease the financial pain of breaking up because it's a big deal because you're not just personally breaking up but you're breaking up assets you're you know it's it's a big deal and we get hung up in emotions you know and that's next week's key take emotion out of the picture (laughs) so we can learn how to handle that side of stuff but first we're going to learn how to handle the dollars and cents of divorce with kathy dewitt dunn kathy thanks so much for being a part of unlock your wealth radio welcome to the show Well, thank you, Heather. I'm excited to be with you today. So tell me why January and February are the divorce months. Well, it's pretty interesting. I think a lot of people just hang in there with their families to have like one last holiday together, you know, for the kids, for mom and dad, et cetera. And then after the holidays, all of a sudden they're hit with the reality of now we have to deal with each other. So January and February, very, um, I guess, aggressive months for people to file for divorce. 
All right. Well, so if if somebody is considering divorce and they've staved off the holidays or maybe it's just starting to come up as a reality for them that 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 splitting might be better than staying together, where should they start when it comes to their finances? Well, I think one of the big questions they have to look at each other and ask is, did we have a prenup? Because that usually can solve a lot of issues for people. Um, when they're thinking about separating and getting divorced. But if there's not a prenup, I think one of the things you have to think about is, is if whether or not you live in a community um, or a marital property state. Actually, there's nine of them that are community property states, meaning that everything is equally divided. And that's Arizona, California, Idaho, Louisiana, Texas, Nevada, New Mexico, and Washington. So they treat all the marital assets as community property. So right there, you know that everything's going to be divided down the middle if you don't have a prenup. Okay. Even if one of the spouses contributed more or let, you know, like there's like this, some sort of economic imbalance or the length of the marriage wasn't that great. You know, it really comes down to total assets and in the community property states, it's pretty clear that it's divided equally. So if you had one spouse that was contributing more and perhaps the other spouse wasn't contributing maybe perhaps as much to their 401k, they do kind of look at it as 50-50, including credit cards, even if they weren't in each other's names. So you really have to take a look at where you live um, and what the rules are as far as when you go to, to file for divorce. Wow. Well, I'm in here in Arizona, so I'm in one of those nine states with that equitable distribution deal. So... Um, how who should you align yourself with a financial planner or an accountant who else in addition to your attorney do you need to help sort this out I think that's a great question. I think one of the things is attorneys really do not give you tax advice. They kind of help you through the emotional issues of splitting up the assets, but they don't take a look at the black and white and the financial impact. So one of the things a lot of people do is either work with a certified divorce financial analyst that helps them up front gather all the information and sometimes can take it in a clear, concise manner to the attorney, which will save you a lot of money there. Or, you know, if you sit down with your financial advisor and take a look at post-tax and pre-tax issues that you may have. It's really important to gather all of the facts ahead of time before you walk in the door to the attorney. It's going to save you a lot of money. All right. So what if you were just at wit's end and you're ripping your hair out and you just want to hurry up and get it over with? Is that a good idea? Absolutely not, because you're letting your emotions take over. And a divorce is a very complicated scenario, and you need to sit down and make a decision based upon black and white, not based upon emotion. And if you're just eager to get it all over with and the pain and it's too much and you want to be done with the other um, partner, it's really not a great way to handle money. You need to take a look at it. You need to have a ledger. You need to have a balance sheet. You need to write down all the assets, the credit cards. You know, Did your spouse potentially have... Um, some, you know, IPOs, some things in the stocks and bonds accounts. There's a lot of things that you need to take a look at. And just saying, hey, I want out of this marriage at all costs is probably not going to do you any good later down the road because it's not a decision after you sign on the dotted line that um, is irrevocable. I mean, you are out at that point in time. 
You are listening to Certified Divorce Financial Analyst, Kathy DeWitt Dunn. And this segment of Unlock Your Wealth Radio is sponsored in part by KeepMyID.org, the only service that actually prevents identity theft. All others are just monitoring services. Put your credit on lockdown with their special offer for Unlock Your Wealth Radio listeners by visiting our website at unlockyourwealthradio.com forward slash KeepMyID and click on the link to start protecting your financial future right now. So, Kathy, um, okay, so I got to slow down, but but where, uh, what is what are the, some of the first things I need to think about as I'm approaching this divorce? You need to take a complete inventory of all the assets, that being property, um, stock, startups, business interests, pensions, checking account, credit card distributions, income, bonuses. And I think the biggest thing is, is that for this interview, I'll have a checklist on my website at womenmoneyempower.com that will empower people to take a look at what it is that they actually need to look at before they file for divorce. Oh, that's a great resource for folks. And so, so on this checklist, what, you know, what do we do if maybe we weren't the primary income earner and we weren't the primary familial accountant? And so what if our, you know, our soon to be former spouse was the one that handled all the money? How do you even start? I mean, what if they have secret accounts? How, how do you even start the discovery process to figure it out? Well, I think one of the big things is, is you need to sit down and have a discussion because if you are going to move forward and you are going to file for divorce, there are certain things that are discoverable. And that one of the biggest things that can help spouses is to pull a credit report um, on both parties, because that's going to show you if they're hidden accounts, I've been in credit card accounts, you know, you name it, maybe other properties, maybe there's a, another car that's involved and that credit report is really going to let you take a look at what the assets are. The other thing that you need to get your hands on are the last two years of income tax statements that you have filed, because that's gonna show you if there was interest paid from any accounts that you might not be aware of, if there was any transactions in a brokerage account. And that is pretty much where you really need to start is on your income tax statements. That's usually, a great idea. Yeah, because the last two years is really gonna tell you everything that you need to probably get your hands on that you might not think about, because if you haven't disclosed everything and you've got a spouse that's hiding assets, I can assure you that the IRS is going to come after you and trigger, it's going to trigger an audit because you did not disclose everything. Wow. And so now because you're heading toward divorce and if this is something that happened before the divorce date, are you still responsible? Would you be still considered a responsible party, especially in these equitable asset states? Yeah, um, that's a great question. I think one of the biggest things is, is if you do live in a community or marital property state, that even if you weren't on that credit card or on that debt and you didn't sign on the dotted line, in most of those states, oftentimes you are actually considered obligated on that debt because it was actually um, you know, taken out while you were married. Wow. So that's, that's, kind of, that's, a, that's a crazy thing to be responsible for if you weren't agreeing to or technically a party to a transaction. That's got to be scary for some folks to find that out. It really is. But I think that's when it comes down to negotiation and taking a look at um, the financial inventory, because then there's some things that you can um, negotiate on your end. Well, I didn't know about this debt. 
and I don't want to be responsible for it, but then maybe I'm going to take more of a 401k. So there's a lot of checks and balances that you can really walk through. And it's really important to work with somebody that has access to financial software that's exclusive um, in a divorce because it can show you how powerful putting in some of these debt items and obligations and future earnings can really help you get a fair settlement. So a question that comes to mind now, I I have a a friend that is going through a divorce right now, and this particular person is having some challenges with the spouse that's gone off the rails, and they have joint everything. And this other party that's off the rails is racking up credit card debt, emptying bank accounts, and... You know, what are some things that we can do to protect ourselves, especially if we're legally separated? What do we need to remember to do? Well, I think one of the biggest things is, is if you've already filed for divorce, you need to take a look at the document that was um, filed in court because it often says that the other party cannot take out additional debt without the court approving it. So you really need to work with an attorney and you need to have full disclosure to that attorney that some of these things are not being handled correctly. And the force, the court can actually enforce that, um, the order to not allow other uh, parties to take on new debt. And if they've gone against the court order, the judge can actually make sure that that other person that is acting out and not doing what they were supposed to is 100% financially obligated to that debt. Even if it's within existing credit lines, like you had a paid off credit card and it was just an open and available balance and they racked it up or does this only apply to new debt? No, it has to do with what the court has entered into as an order when you have filed for divorce. Oh. So that's really something to think about. You know, when I used to do mortgages and people would apply for loans and uh, so I'd, I'd pull credit as routine and they were divorced or remarried. And and so we'd be going through and sure enough, their debt ratios were out of whack because on their credit report, it shows open and active mortgages, open and active credit cards. And they're saying, oh, those aren't mine. Those are my you know husbands or those are my ex-wives. And I said, well, you know. If you're legally <laughs> obligated to it, I have to include it in your debt ratio. So, you know, what's an important thing that people forget to do when they divorce and they leave these things like, you know, life insurance beneficiaries haven't been changed. People are still on credit card accounts and mortgages and things like that. You know, I, I see that all the time, too. And I think one of the challenges is is you have to totally look at the scenario and you've got to disconnect. And that means that when you go to get divorced, you need to close all joint accounts and you need to make the other spouse, if they are obligated on that debt, to open up a new credit card or a new line of credit to take on that debt and get your name off of it. You also need to take a look at removing authorized users. We all probably have these on our credit card accounts and we forgot about them, but you need to make sure that you've um, removed all authorized users on your account. And you do, you know, sometimes you've got to wait until you get your um, your divorce decree, but you've got to make sure that you change your beneficiaries on life insurance policies and retirement accounts. But typically the court um, upon the dissolution of a marriage will go ahead and put language in there that um, oftentimes that you're protected. So that means if you were filed, you know, if you were divorced, 
even, even if that particular life insurance policy had not been, the beneficiary had been changed, that spouse would not be able to go and get that life insurance if something were to happen to you. But I think the biggest thing is, is that you need to go, when you file, open up individual new accounts, make sure that you know what's on each other's credit report, contact all your credit cards, remove unauthorized users, close down joint accounts. And that's part of a checklist that you really need to be taking a look at because when you're going through a divorce, it's very difficult. A lot of emotions are running pretty high, but by having the checklist, it's really going to keep you on point and on track. Yeah. And, you know, and one of the things that, uh, that would invariably come up, especially if, you know, there was, you know, a mortgage, for example, and they said, well, they can't qualify for a mortgage on their own. And I'm like, well, it's not your relationship anymore. It's you're not your job to keep them in the same house. Maybe they need to go get a smaller house. Maybe they yeah, need to that, go do something different. Maybe that's not your issue anymore, but you need to get off of that house because it's keeping you from pursuing your hopes, dreams, and goals without this person. Absolutely. And I think one of the things that I see time and time again is that the family law attorneys are not counseling the spouses on that one issue mortgages. So if you cannot go out and you cannot refinance that home, Heather, that's a great point, then you need to sell it because you need to get your name off of that loan. So then you can move forward. You know, things can change your life rapidly in the next one, two or three years. And you don't want to have that particular mortgage obligation on your credit report because it's going to not allow you to move forward. And you're going to be stuck exactly where you thought you were no longer, you know, associated with this individual and now you're going to have to deal with it again so definitely you've got to get your name off the mortgages yeah it's that little bit of language joint and several liability it doesn't mean it's 50 50 it means 100 percent, 100 percent. both parties are obligated to the full amount individually not just yes. together so i think that that people don't realize that if they default you know if they come on to hard times or they default you're responsible for that and you're going to have a foreclosure on a house you left years ago Absolutely. And then the courts aren't going to be able to go back and give you any kind of restitution or help you out, or there's not going to really be any documentation when you go to the next lender saying, oh, that wasn't really me. So that's going to impact you for the next 10 years, like you were saying, if they should default. Right. So, and then and it's going to hold you back. And that's, that's just another thing that that's why I left that guy. You don't, yeah. You don't want to be the one saying that. So well, you know, it's, just one of, it's one of those things, if you're going to get divorced, you have to make sure that you're going to get divorced from everything, not just from that party. <laughs> yes. And you can't just get them out of your space. You got to get them off your credit and completely off of all of your assets too. So um, what can we do to mitigate this upfront? Is there conversations or things that people can talk about before they get married? Oh, absolutely. I think one of the things that we always see is the reason why people are getting divorced is they didn't sit down to have these financial conversations ahead of time. I know it's not very romantic and, you know, it's a hard conversation, but I'll tell you what, it's going to save you a lot of pain and agony later if you talk about finances up front. And one of the things is too, is that if you sit down and you talk about how much money each of you make, I also tell my clients, you know, know the credit score of the person that you're dating or the person that you're going to marry also so you do not have this big uh-oh moment later down the road. Because if you're really going to be marrying somebody, don't you want to be marrying your best friend, your partner? You want to have the same goals and objectives? That starts off with a clear, concise conversation up front so people aren't surprised later down the road. 
Well, you know, exactly. Because, you know, you know, it's really interesting when we talk about underwriting, we talk about the four layers of risk in lending and the layer of risk that has to deal with your credit is called the character layer of risk. And so, I mean, wouldn't you want to know if the person you're marrying, marrying is conscientious, they pay all their bills on time, they pay off their debt every month, they don't carry balances. Um, or wouldn't you like to know if you were marrying a slack or somebody that didn't really make managing their money a priority or a part of their integrity as a human being. And and so I just think that that's a really, really important kind of uh, first step is to, to know what the other person's credit report contains. If folks want to learn more about how to handle divorce, if they're thinking about divorce and they want to know maybe how to start over after a divorce financially with investing and, and assets and what they need to do, how can folks get a hold of you, Kathy? Heather, they can go to my website at womenmoneyandpower.com. That's womenmoneyandpower.com. You can look me up. You can shoot me an email. All of my contact information is there. We get um, I get a lot of calls during the week, and I'd love to help people, you know, kind of put their lives back together even before they've fallen apart because I think planning is really the key and making sure that you know what to look for, how to organize it, and how to be empowered and move forward at one of these critical times in your life. I think that's really great advice. Thanks so much for being a part of the show. And for those of you who are driving around without a pencil, never fear. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is here where you can visit Kathy's show page to get her website, her divorce financial checklist, and so much more. For the maestro of moolah, Michael Terry, I'm Heather Wagonhalls. Now go out and unlock your wealth today. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com is produced by Heather Wagonhalls and the Unlock Your Wealth Foundation. UnlockYourWealthRadio.com and its affiliates are copyrighted 2018 with all rights reserved. For more information on the Keys to Riches Financial Wellness Series, please visit our website at www.unlockyourwealth.com.